try not to do that too much while I'm preaching today. Um, I want to preach uh, under this title, Living Sacrifice. Living Sacrifice. I'm going to adjust my volume just slightly so that I don't blow you out whenever I start preaching. A living sacrifice. There's a misunderstanding in common Christianity, and it's this, that the Lord asks for our heart, which He does, and He's not so much concerned with the body. He's only interested in your heart, your soul. He's not so much interested in your body. But Scripture deals with the body as well as the heart. And the only option that we have if we're really going to say that we're Christian is we can either choose to accept the Bible as what it says and attempt to live according to the Word of God or we have to choose to ignore what Scripture says. And so that's really the only choice that there is. You can choose to accept it and try to live according to it, or you can choose to simply ignore what Scripture says. But I'm pretty certain that every one of us here today that we have determined within our hearts that we will align our lives to whatever the Lord requests of us. And whatever my life should be in representation of Him, that's what I want it to be. And I'm certain that every one of us feel the same way. And so today I want to talk to us about a subject in Scripture that is often overlooked and really goes unaddressed from too many pulpits in America. And I'm going to address God's call to us as His people for living a life of holiness. Living a life of holiness. And what holiness means, whenever we say something is holy, what it means is it means that it's set apart to God. It's chosen for God's purposes. So when God tells us that He calls us a holy people, What that means is that He has called us to be a chosen people, to be distinct, to be different, to be separated, to be holy. Romans 12 and 1, Paul says it like this. He said, I beseech you therefore, and that word beseech, it means I beg you, I plead you, I'm I am urging you with everything inside of me. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, a reasonable service. In the Old Testament, a sacrifice would be offered by the priest. And the presenter of that sacrifice would come and bring that animal or that grain or whatever sacrifice that they were bringing. They would present it to the priest and they were transferring everything over to that priest and the priest would take that offering and make the sacrifice 
on their behalf. But in that exchange, there was a transferal of all rights associated to that offering. So the the man or the woman that brought a bull or a ram, they were bringing that animal, and with that animal, they brought all of the opportunity that that animal represented. They brought the future of that animal. They brought the rights that they owned to that animal. They brought every choice that they would make going forward over that animal. They were surrendering that to the priest and to God. The offerer surrendered any choice of what would happen to that animal from that point going forward. They weren't allowed to go in and see what would happen. They didn't get to stand and see the sacrifice and the suffering and the struggle and the animal that would be slain. They didn't see any of that. They had to stand on the outside, the courts of praise, and just understand and trust that the priest was doing with their offering exactly what the priest was supposed to do with that offering. So there was a surrender there, a a sacrifice of not only the animal, but all of the rights and interest that the owner had for that animal. In a sense, the future was surrendered. This bull could have produced a lot of meat for the family, but that right was given up and surrendered when there was a sacrifice made. This animal could have borne them many offspring, and it could have enlarged the herd, but that right, that future was surrendered in the offering. That animal could have fetched a nice price at the market. They could have sold it and made some money, but that was surrendered in the offering. Because in a sacrifice, there's always this exchange of something that takes place. A surrendering of a right, a surrendering of a choice, a surrendering of a future, a surrendering of something that is often held close and dear. And you think about Abraham, Abraham was ready to offer Isaac in Genesis 22. Think about what Isaac represents. Isaac is the fulfillment of the promise that God has given to Abram. Isaac is everything that Abram and his wife had waited for. But now he's choosing to surrender that thing, that promise, that heir, that child, back to God. Just simply because God asked it of him. You see, when we surrender to God as we should, even the things he promises should be available on the altar of our life. Even the things that God promises me should be available on the altar of my life. I'm not entitled to anything. I'm not entitled to anything that God would promise me. If he does it, it's just simply a blessing. Because I've sacrificed my life. Too often we have what I like to call a me religion. It is about me, not about him. But if you look at Abraham and you look at Isaac and you look at the story... Abraham was sacrificing the future that was guaranteed to him. 
He could have stood and said, God, you promised me this. I'm entitled to what you promised me. It took too long to get to this point. But he didn't do that. Instead, he just said, Lord, whatever your will is. Isaac was the heir. And he was willing to sacrifice that promise. Why? Because Abraham was willing to sacrifice everything at the request of the Lord. There's this idea in common Christianity that just salvation is free, grace is free, that there's no exchange there. That's, it's not a reality. The truth is there's an exchange. If you look at, listen to the words of Jesus Christ and what He said, He said, those that don't hate their mother and hate their father and don't surrender their life to Me, those will lose their life. It's not just a free gift, it's an exchange. And it's an unfair exchange. Because if I think about my life and what I have to offer, there's nothing that I'm offering Him that is so great in exchange for what He's given me. It's an unfair exchange. God gave His Son as a sacrifice for our sins. What you and I owe, we could never pay. Instead, Jesus became that payment. He became the sacrifice. He became the substitute of what I owe. And now he no longer asks for a dead sacrifice, but he asks for a living sacrifice. He's asking for our body. He's asking for our life. He's asking for what we have and what we can offer to Him, every last drop of it to be laid out on the altar, surrendered to Him. Let's read Romans 12 and 1 again. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. 2 Corinthians 6 and 16 says it like this, What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. He said, I want to dwell in them. I want to walk among them. And he's talking very specifically about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But he doesn't just stop there. He makes a call of distinction from the world. In verse 17, he says, Therefore, because I want to dwell among them, because I want to walk in them, because I want to make their life my temple, therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. You see, we are to do more than just simply surrender our heart to God and give our soul to Him. He asked for us to bring our lives as a living sacrifice. We are to glorify God in our bodies and to engage in the duties of immediate worship and in diligent attendance to our calling. The calling of being a chosen people, separated unto Him. A holy nation, a royal priesthood. 
being willing to suffer for God, a living sacrifice. And here's the thing about a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice does not choose its suffering. For thinking about the Old Testament, every right was forfeited when that, when that offering was surrendered to the priest. And he is our high priest. And so you and I as a living sacrifice, we do not get to choose what our suffering is. All of our rights are surrendered. All of our titles of ownership are surrendered. We've been surrendered to be a living sacrifice. And I want to ask you this question today. What would happen in this church if we together would present our lives in this manner to God? What would happen in your life if you surrendered your life in this manner to God? To be a living sacrifice. What kind of things would we overcome? What kind of weights and sins would we lay down? What would happen in us? What would happen in our families if we surrendered to God as He asked us to surrender to Him? But instead of making the body servant to the Lord, what we do is we try to take and make the soul servant to the body. Romans 6.19 says, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness, for holiness. Paul's using very plain speech. He's saying in your life you were a slave. You were a slave to filthiness. You were a slave to sin. You were a slave to the world. You were a slave to all of the things that reject God. But now choose instead of surrendering your body to that slavish lifestyle of serving the body. Instead, surrender your body as a slave unto God in righteousness for holiness, being set apart, being distinct, being different. Because here is the truth of the matter. God can do nothing with our heart and our spirit without the service of our body. He can't do anything with my heart or my spirit without the service of my body. I have to surrender. I have to surrender. And the message of holiness is this. It comes down to a question. Could you expect a holy God to dwell in an unholy temple? Could you expect a holy God to dwell in an unholy temple? He said, I will dwell in them. I will walk among them. I want to be with them. But he didn't say, I'm going to clean up and rebuild and make a temple. He said, therefore, come out. Be different. Change. You see, there's some change involved when we come to God. And I don't, I don't think it happens overnight. I know it doesn't happen overnight because I'm still changing. But there's some things that I have to work in my life 
to have my body be the temple that he deserves. It is for us to present or give our bodies, as Paul said in Romans, present to offer, to give our bodies to God as a living sacrifice. He goes on in 2 Corinthians 7 and 1, he says, therefore having these promises, what promises? The promises that he said in verse 17 and in verse 19, 18, 17, 18, and 19, these promises that he will dwell among us, that he will walk with us, that he'll be our God, that we will be his people, that if we'll separate ourselves to him, he says these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Perfecting. That means to work on something. To perfect. John, when, when we work out, we're working out to perfect something, right? Whether it's my balance or my fat or whatever. I mean, you can't perfect fat, but... We're, work, we're working. The goal is perfect. It's working toward something. And he says, therefore, because we have this promise, because, because the Lord says he wants to dwell in us, he wants to live in us, he says, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. We are to cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. And here's the thing about cleansing. Cleansing affects you inside. It affects your thought life. It affects your attitude. It affects your spirit. It affects, and that's one of the hardest places to clean our spirit, our attitude, the way we treat people. But it also, cleansing involves the outside, our appearance, the things that we talk about, the things that we look at, the things that we take in, the things that we put out. It also involves cleansing the expressions of our life, where we're willing to go who we're willing to be with because some people you don't need their association in your life. It includes what you're entertained by. He said, let's perfect the temple in holiness and fear of God. Let's cleanse it from all of the filthiness of the flesh. And I, we wouldn't have to go very far if I just said what, you know, start saying some things that you know of as being filthiness in the flesh and being bad for your spirit, we wouldn't have to go very far. You'd start talking about songs that you've heard or the, the radio program or the news. Lord, help us. The news is always negative. You'd start naming all kinds of things, things you see, place, places that you work, that you're involved with, that you know that there's not a healthy spirit there, that there's not things that you're pleased with that grieve your spirit 
He said, let's cleanse ourselves from all of that. You see, holiness, God is holy. But when I say holiness, holiness is about me. It's about me. It's about laying coon as a temple for the presence of God. I want him to walk in my life. I want him to dwell with me. I want him to make my life his inhabitation. But I have to prepare the temple. Romans 12 and 2 goes a little bit further and deeper into it. He says, do not be conformed to this world. See, the world wants you to conform. I'm convinced if it makes sense in the world, it doesn't make sense for God. And I start questioning stuff just because it makes sense. If I walk away from something, I go, well, that makes sense. I have to take it to God and I say, okay, God, is this, is this real? Is this man's wisdom or is this God's wisdom? Because the world wants to conform you and I. And when it wants to conform us, it is not trying to conform us to a godly nature. It is trying to conform us to a sinful nature. He said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, this is what happens. God comes to us with the gift of salvation. And through grace, He offers us deliverance and healing and wholeness. And He says, I'm going to take all of this junk of your life, everything that you have, that that shamefulness, all of the shame you're carrying with you, that sinfulness, the mess that your life is, I want to take that. And through grace, I'm exchanging it and I'm giving to you salvation and I'm giving to you healing and I'm giving to you wholeness and I'm giving to you the love that's been taken from your life that you've been rejected. I'm giving you all of the stuff that this world and that society and that sinfulness and humanity will steal from you. I'll take all of this sin and all of this mess and I'll give you all of this that you've been missing, that you're lacking. And he says, I'll cleanse you. He says, I'm not just going to take it away, but I'm going to cleanse you. I'll cleanse you through baptism in my name and I'll fill you with my spirit I'm going to dwell with you and I'm going to walk with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And in exchange through my mercies, because it can only be through His mercies. In exchange through my mercies, I want you to present your body as a living sacrifice. Paul said it was our reasonable service. And I say a reasonable service, that word falls way short of what it really is. 
Because if you think about, think about your life, think about your sins, think about the things that maybe your spouse that's sitting next to you or your close family member or even your closest friend or relative, they don't know about you. Find that one thing that you've never dared to tell them because you're so ashamed of it. And think about a loving, giving, almighty God that asks you, give me that. And you become the dwelling place that I desire. And all it takes is you surrendering this mess of a life as a living sacrifice. Be renewed and transformed. Clean ourselves from the filth of the world and the flesh and our spirit. And whether we know it or not, our spirit is dying for that. It wants it so bad. You think about that, that that kind of an exchange where he took the very worst thing you have to offer. There's nothing reasonable. That's not reasonable service. That's miraculous opportunity for my life. But the thing that I've never shared with anyone that is so shameful, that is so hurtful, that people would lose confidence in me, that God would take that And then all I have to do is strive to be the temple he wants to be in. That's holiness. That's a call to holiness. There's nothing fair in that exchange. God is not getting anything beautiful. God is not getting a prize. When I look at my life and I really start to measure myself, God is not getting a prize. But I wish that we could represent him the way that he should be represented. And that's God's call to us for holiness. I'm talking to someone today, God has been dealing with you about removing some things from your life. Surrendering some things that really they're not adding to, they may not even be taken away from, may not even be sin. It's just something that God has been talking to you about that you need to surrender. You're a living sacrifice. Make the choice now to surrender that right or that entitlement to whatever it is God is asking you for. When you do, God is going to do some amazing stuff in your life. Because God sees they're willing to sacrifice. They're willing to sacrifice. Abraham had Isaac up on that altar. He's got the knife. And the angel stays his hand and grabs him. He says, now I know. Now I know. And God is looking at us and he's waiting and he's saying, are they going to surrender that? 
Or is this the one part where they're going to hold this for themselves? God's waiting for that now I know moment. Now I know. If you'll stand with me. As the world gets worse and worse, believe wholeheartedly that we should be looking, appearing, being more distinctly different from the world. It's going to be the thing that separates people who are called of God and the people who just claim to be called of God. God is calling us perfect holiness and the fear of God Genesis 22 the angel stayed the hand of Abraham and he said now I know that you'll sacrifice your son your only son and he said in the fear of God and that fear is not like I'm afraid that God's going to wipe me out I'm afraid that God's going to judge me. It's the fear of God and that I respect God so much. I have such a healthy respect for Him that I'm willing to offer Him anything He asks me. That's really what Abraham was doing. You think how crazy is that for God to ask Abraham for his son? God doesn't want a human sacrifice. That doesn't make sense. But he was testing Abraham. Now I know that you fear me. Perfecting holiness and fear. A reasonable service. Could you pray with me for just a moment? Let's let the Spirit of God minister in this place and speak to us. God, you see every person here. You see where they are in their relationship with you and the walk that you have them on. God, trusting you in faith. Lord, I ask right now that your spirit would confirm the word that you put in my heart this week for this service. God, I pray that you would speak to someone right now, God, the thing that they've been struggling with to surrender to you. God, that you would confirm that you're indeed dealing with them about holiness and about their life and their lifestyle and surrendering to you as a living sacrifice, a temple that is right and prepared for you. God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, that you would do that right now, minister in a deep way. There's such a wonderful spirit here, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
want you to let the Spirit of the Lord speak to you as she sings. Yeah. 